Yo, what's up? My name's Andrew. I am the co-founder of 17 Online, artist manager and director at Oso Management, and one of your presenters on the Backstage with Oso podcast. My name is Jade Hub, and I'm a DJ and producer, as well as a co-founder at 17 Online. Welcome to Backstage with Oso. We're music connoisseurs, passionate individuals. We're hardworking, and at times in this podcast, we're going to be controversial. All right, backstage with Oso, we are back. It's Jake and Andy in the hot seat, and Andy just told me something off camera, which I cannot forgive him for. What did you just say to me? Well, I mean, hang on, sorry. Are we? Are we? Have we started? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't. We haven't done this for a while. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, interesting fact. For for a long period of time, before I knew who Kanye West was, I called him Kane West. Yeah, I'm this upset. Was a, this was a long period of time. This was at least ye- a couple of years. Yeah, he's, he's just triggered me in so many ways, but what a way to start. Chat, chat about Donda, man. <laughs> I've been like literally refreshing iTunes every day waiting for Donda to drop. Like it's so Kanye that it's going to announce a date and then the dates changed and stuff like that. And like looking at the uh, listening party, which happened in Atlanta, like that shit is fucking wild. And now he's done a second one and... I was chatting to one of my mates and he had an interesting theory about this. So he reckons that the first time Kanye like played it in like a stadium form, he's like reckons that like the mix and the engineering side of things didn't sound right. So that's why they're doing a second show because they're like, oh shit, like it doesn't sound right in a stadium, which I think there could be some truth to that. Like it sounds, sounds right because like, I think this is going to be like such an epic album like it's sort of going to be like you know like a long form album like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which was just an insane art piece in its own like incredible so it's going to be quite interesting to see how this pans out and it's going to have full choirs everything like that and currently the date is august 11th here still hasn't dropped on itunes uh it has a pre-order and expected date of August 15, but... Expected date. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, see, this is Kanye. Like, it's I, crazy. I, it, it's actually fun being a Kanye fan because it's such a fuck around. But Wait, so, okay, so I have little to no idea what's going on with this Donda thing. I've seen a few Instagram stories. Like, I appreciate Kanye's music, or Kane, depending on how you oh want to pronounce God. it. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so the listening party that happened... Yeah. If they didn't drop the album, what actually happened at the listening party? Yeah, so it's pretty much like the full-fledged performance. Like, like Kanye's into like performance art and stuff like that. And I've heard a couple of interesting conspiracies. And I know I'm going to butcher this, so I'm not even going to try to reference what it's referencing. But it's, it's pretty much like a three-part thing in this conspiracy theory that kind of sounds like a Kanye thing he could do, which was like the first part of it, uh, how he's all dressed in red and stuff. It was... I'm butchering this already um, because like it's like a three-phase thing. So they've just announced there's going to be a third listening party now. So they've done the second one up until this point. And they reckon after the third one, it should be like the release. Like, it's Wait, So it's a listening party without any music getting played from the album? No. So the, the music is getting played from the album. Yeah. Oh, so it's getting played in the stadium? In the stadium, so yeah. With the people there. So, so then people are like recording and leaking it or...? I don't know how that's working. Like I feel like... Like, so this is quite interesting also because I signed up to <laughs> Apple Music or whatever it is, whatever the paid service of Apple is because yeah. it's just like, oh, live streaming 
uh, Donda. And I was like, holy shit, I gotta jump on this. So I paid my fucking subscription for two months of this shit. Yeah. And <laughs> jumped on. Clickbait. <laughs> yeah, I jumped on to listen to it and it was literally just like the, the sleeping scenes before it. And then I had like a bunch of appointments that day and I completely missed the live stream. So I might be sleeping on this. It might be up again now, but I feel like it was only like that sort of thing. But it was quite interesting because I went to screen record on my phone because I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just screen record it and I'll watch it later. And then, like, after five minutes of screen recording, I'm like, I wonder if this is working. And I checked it and it's just like, through because it's through Apple Music and I'm trying to screen record on my iPhone, like, it literally was just a blank screen. Like, it's like that blocked screen recording and stuff like that, which I thought mm. was... Yeah, quite interesting. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was something in the stadium that just like stopped all recording devices. Oh, maybe like took your phone or something as well, maybe. Yeah, like it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's going to be insane, but it's fun being a Kanye fan. But then it's also like, yeah, there's been so many like little leaks, like obviously the track list has been put out and stuff and it looks like Hurricane's going to be the leading single. And that one's like going to be crazy. Like that's got The weekend and Lil Baby on that as features. So Jeez. Yeah, it's not a bad bad start. So, yeah, I'm quite interested to see where this goes. And hopefully next week I'll be actually talking to you guys about that it came out. But for right now, <laughs> still in limbo. <laughs> still in limbo, man. So, yeah, I had to get that uh, out there straight up because, yeah, that's the most exciting thing, I think, in current pop culture and music at the moment. At least in my world, like my two favorite producers in the world, Kanye West and Skrillex. And, uh, yeah, Kanye's just out of this world like yeah. yeah like watch some uh deep analysis sort of stuff like if you're a Kanye fan like or if you're not a Kanye fan you're like I can't understand the hype I'd recommend like you listen to dissect on um on Spotify like it's insane like deep dive analysis of yeah pulling apart Kanye West records which is yeah you'll get a whole new appreciation so mm. yeah that's where we're at on Donda yeah sick okay well maybe we'll jump back and also talk about yeah, we're, what we're doing. Us. Yeah, you, you just triggered me with that whole yeah. Kanye West shit. Fuck. Because we've um, so this episode uh, number ten now, and yeah. so we did the first nine episodes, uh, in a pretty accurate sequence of almost one every week, one every second week, and we took quite a substantial break um, due to a number of reasons, but. Now looking forward, we're back. We're going to be doing podcasts every week. Yes, some sir. will just be myself and Jake, and then some will be with guests. And the focus is slightly broader than what we originally had, which is the entire entertainment industry. So that's everything from interviewing DJs to club owners to bar owners to, I don't know, glasses, waitresses. It's the whole spectrum. I don't know who we're going to have <laughs> on here, but we're going to try to get a variety of um, opinions and perspectives so that we can provide the people that are listening with as big of a, um, I guess, knowledge base of what we can. Yeah. It, like, also, like, the other thing I really want to dive into as well is, like, we didn't even talk about this, so I'm just throwing it out there right now, is, like, more people who are more on the wave of, like, artists and stuff like that that are independently doing things, you know, like, people who are self-motivated and doing that sort of stuff and, yeah, relating that into, yeah, this sort of stuff. Like, people that might be just outside the music industry but very much still in the entertainment space whether it be influencers or you know people like that that are you know in a very similar field i think to the entertainment field because essentially that's what you are if you're on instagram is almost entertainment like yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that yeah no 100 i think that there's i mean even if you are a dj I, I think there's little things you can take away from almost everyone in the world in general but also very much so pe people in the entertainment space as well like we were talking just before we jumped on about um, 
I brought up the idea of maybe uh, interviewing someone that owns a speakeasy bar, for example. And a, a thing that a DJ could take away from that is, you know, how exclusivity um, and kind of scarcity with this bar um, has benefited them and yeah. how you can apply that to yourself as a DJ, whether that be maybe having private edits that you don't give out so that people have to come to your show to listen to that stuff or maybe originals that you just don't release because maybe you just want to keep them for yourself. Like it just opens a whole can of worms that I think that a lot of people will benefit from hearing. Definitely, man. I, I really like that idea too. Like I remember like some of the first people that like I was really fans of and stuff like that when you're talking about private edits and stuff like that is did you ever listen to Mac J's live sets? Jay. Yeah, he had like the collab with oh. Hardwell and he was very big in the in the big room kind of Oh world. yes I did. Like M A K J? Yeah, M A K J. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Like that sort of stuff is yeah, that shit's still super dope. It's just very frustrating at the moment that yeah. we're not really playing shows. So Yeah. <laughs> due to due to COVID nineteen, not due to no demand. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking so frustrating right now. So. Yeah, it's been um yeah, it's been that's one of the reasons why we've kind of um, taking a step back from the podcast in the meantime was that we had to focus on um, our own uh, both individual but also uh, company uh, prerogatives to ensure that everything was stable enough that you know we could spend that extra time doing podcasts and that sort of thing yeah we're back at a level where we can kind of float by at the moment yeah it's <laughs> Just manageable <barely>. again. <laughs> it's manageable like it, yeah. it's, it's kind of good like I, I feel that yeah we've pivoted we've adjusted roles a little bit and I guess something I personally struggle with is letting go of some things that you've worked so hard on. And Mm. if it's not quite working and it's just like we were persistent on a lot of different aspects of some things and it's just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I struggle a little bit to let go. Like I think you're probably a little bit more business savvy in that point where you can be like, okay, this thing isn't working so we need to adapt whereas I'll hang on to an idea until... It, it kills me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, very frustrating. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of refreshing yeah. to be back. Which I think works well with our relationship because sometimes maybe I jump the gun with with going, hey, this isn't work, we need to pivot. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> maybe you hold on a little bit too long. So I think we kind of bring bring each other together in that aspect. Yeah, I think we find a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it's, kind of, it's kind of good because I can get like creatively obsessed and just like, yeah, so stuck on something and yeah, it can, it can be a negative as well. Like, which I, which I see a lot in music and like, this is, I'm throwing this back to Donda again. Cause this is just how my brain <laughs> back works. To Kane. Back to, oh, <laughs> dude, every time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like it, I feel like I have that obsessive thing of like not letting go of things. And I think this could also be like, this is my personal theory of Kanye is like, it's like Donda is a tribute to his mother. Uh, who's passed and it's just like he wants this to be so perfect that it's like almost like only Kanye could do this where he has unlimited time and he can just keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until this thing is absolutely perfect I do that whereas I don't have the platform to have people just hanging out for me to wait for things to be perfect so again that's where I think our relationship works really well from a management artist perspective is you'll you'll pull me in and be like no this is this is done like Move on. Yeah, move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah but then it's funny. Once I finish something, I'm like, I couldn't care less about it. Like, it's like, it's done. It's like, go, go. But yeah. It's such a weird connect. concept if you think about it. It's like you spend so much time creating 
almost like a baby thing in itself yeah. and then it's done you're like yeah sick on to the next it's like well well hang on just reflect on the fact that you've just spent so much time doing this thing i'm like, gonna be a terrible parent hey? <laughs> <laughs> no 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 do not relate like that <laughs> it's yeah. done see ya see ya no no i'll wait till they're 18 oh, oh god damn so yeah this is this is what you've been missing is us spitting the shit out here but to relate it back to the other things we've been doing so we've had to pivot it a lot from oso management and I'll let Andy chat on this. So where we're taking a lot of the project with Redefined. Yeah, so um, basically uh, what where we found ourselves was um, as a manager, I started taking on the bookings of um, Jake and Riley. Um, Which is t- particular, like... What's the word? Particularly? I don't know. Okay. Which is usually the role? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of, a, of an agent? Yeah, which Not is usually, oh, yeah, yeah, usually the role of an agent. Yeah, yeah let's just, we'll chop that. Yeah, no, it's fine. Fuck. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter, who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I found myself um, as a manager doing, uh, looking after the bookings and starting to schedule in um, Jake and Riley's tour for Deep Down. And we kind of had a conversation. We're like, okay, well, it, not that it doesn't look professional, but we wanted to create something that's potentially going to be bigger than ourselves yeah. and had the vision of, hey, why don't we you like utilize Jake and Riley's need for, for an agent and create our own booking agency and have them as the first two acts and then use that to get more acts and slowly steam, steamroll this thing up into a bigger, uh, bigger enterprise. And basically with the goal of, hey, it's an Australian-based agency, but um, our, our outlook is very much overseas and specifically uh, Asia-Pacific. Um, for those that don't know, I've been, I've been studying Chinese for quite a while and one of my life goals is to, to get fluent. Um, I'm definitely on the way, but, you know, I think I definitely need a year or so over there just to kind of solidify um, as much as I can. So, so one of my personal goals, and which is one of, also one of the business's goals, was to create this uh, booking agency, Redefine, and kind of help bridge the gap from Australia, New Zealand, overseas over to Asia. Um, there are existing agencies that do kind of the opposite thing and some do do a similar thing, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the goal of, um, of Redefine. So I'm kind of spearheading uh, Redefine in regards to booking. So recently signed another artist, obviously have Jake and Riley, and then recently signed a Neon Giants, which is a Gold Coast-based artist. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's always going to be a boutique agency. We're not going to have... Um, a thousand artists on there just because that's not the direction we want to take it. Um, but because we want to be very hands-on with what we're doing, yeah. uh, but we are definitely going to grow and expand and then and definitely bring people onto the team when we can afford to do that. 100%. And I think like that's the other note I was probably trying to make earlier when I was like stumbling over my words is the difference between management and an agent. So I think that's like something we should probably touch on. Touch on? Man, <laughs> I suck today. I have not. We have not podcast in a Keeping while. Too cash. Yeah, damn, man. Um, so yeah, there's something we should touch on is the difference between the agent and the manager roles, which is yeah, it's kind of a unique relationship that um, yourself and I have, which is it's really cool because we are so hands on in our business relationship together. So it makes sense that we have this similar relationship with the JDub project as well, where you're yeah taking that hands on approach and then. With Riley as well, it's like, hey, we're doing the management and, you know, no one's going to care more than us. 
yeah, when 100%. it comes to like bookings and stuff like that and making sure, you know, each artist is a priority on their own yeah. and it's not some kind of push to, you know, here's a handful of artists for you to choose from. It's like, hey, it's almost tailored. It's like, hey, this artist fits your venue. And That's very much the approach at the moment. Definitely. And like not only that, it, it mutually benefits the venue as well. Like it's yeah. like we're not pitching someone who's not going to work well in your venue. Like we're very, yeah, it's very strategic in, in how we're doing things. It's not like, hey, here's our roster, book someone. It's like... That's that's very much the the foundation that I think we we pretty much agreed on when we started this. It's like yeah. we, we're not going to sign anyone yeah. that we're going to send to a venue and kind of worry whether they're going to play well or not. Yeah. Which which we already know yourself and Riley are going to play good sets. Otherwise, we yeah. wouldn't represent. And Travi. Travi's going to kill he, Neon he, And it's exactly why we brought on Travis is... I watch him play almost every weekend. Yeah. We've watched him play for years and we know every time he goes to a place, he not only performs well, but Slays. like builds great rapport as well because he's a, a really nice guy. And mm-hmm. and, that, and that's and that's the, the whole concept of Redefined is that we want to n- only have people that we're going to send to venues. Not only are they going to have a good time, play a great set, but it's going to build rapport so that everyone, when we send there, the club owner is going to respect that we know what we're doing and we're not sending them shit acts. Yeah. We're sending people that are going to perform, make the club money, and in turn get us more bookings in the future. Because, like, I think that's the big thing with Redefined as well is, like, you know, we're not managing these artists as well. So if they're an artist that we onboard for redefined it's like potentially you know they might be an incredible dj they might not just be a producer or something like they might be just an incredible dj that plays dope shows and we're like okay sick there's nothing really to manage that much there because it's like they're not you know their goal might be just to be a dj or something like that or it's like you know they have room to move and stuff like that and you know it's i think it's mutually beneficial for yeah, everyone involved in that project and 100%. yeah, just delivering dope acts and uh, yeah, creating like, because you hear so many horror stories, especially on tour yeah. of artists doing these things and like, yeah, like Andy said before, we don't have want to have to stress about like, hey, is this artist going to get their flight? Is this artist going to, you know, fuck up some relationship here or something like that? It's like, nah, we're only onboarding people who are super dope. So (laughs) that's kind of where we're at. Which I think also brings up the whole level of everyone that's a part of the agency is because, you know, it's, 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 it would, I mean, this sounds egotistical and a bit cocky, but we want it to be a privilege to be a part of it. Yeah. And like, yes, if Minor Garage came to us and said, we'd like to, you know, like, yes, but also it's like, (laughs) it just, just because you're a big name, if you're going to ruin the reputation of agency, it doesn't mean we're just going to sign you. Yeah. And we're not just going to sign the next guy that's looking like he's going to be, you know, make us a bit of money. It's going to be, hey, we're going to sign you because one, you're a good DJ, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're going to go there and play a good show because otherwise it's just going to destroy everything. And, and you, but, and like, we have to believe in the project too. Like, I, I'm seeing like a lot. Like, it was even interesting. Someone reached out to me the other day and they were just like, well, I get a lot of these reach outs. So it's no one in like particular it's more of a like in general like hey are you guys looking for artists and it's just like yeah we always are like but and then they're like you know like oh hey like you know you reckon you could look after my tour i'm like what the what who who are you and it's just like yeah man like i'm I'm too busy like kind of like working on on my main job i don't really have time to lock this in it's just like if you're not like a hundred percent in on this, why the fuck would you expect anyone else to be like, not just us in general, but just, you know, as a generalization of like having someone else look after your stuff, like you got to be all in on this project too. Oh, I so. mean like a hundred percent from a management perspective, it's like, if, if we sign you, like 
I'm spending every second that I have during the day to either solidify opportunities or to create new opportunities. Yeah. So if I'm doing spending my whole day doing that and you're not spending at least a portion of your day trying to further yourself, yeah. like I'm not wasting my time. Yeah, so, why would you? So it's like this is like Management's a long game, opposed to booking agency, which booking agency can potentially be a short game, but we're all, but, but the goal of Redefine is for it to always be a long game. We don't want to you know, sign people with the expectation that we're just going to do one tour and then they're going to be off to the next agency. Yeah, exactly that. And like, I, I see a lot of that and it's cool because you see, you know, a, like agencies overseas, Australia, wherever, like, you know, they'll, they'll scoop an, I'm going to use the word artist loosely, they'll scoop a DJ or an influencer and just be like, all right, cool, we can, you know, make 20K off this run of shows. That, then it's like, that's it. Like, that is it. Because they Mm -hmm. fuck up at all them shows. They're not ready to tour. They're not that person. They're not there. And it's like, I can respect, like, the the hustle and the, yeah, creating the opportunities and stuff like that. But, like, if someone's not there, that's almost detrimental. And that, like, because I know, like, a lot of DJs listen to our podcast as well. And it's like... Think about that as well. Like if you thought you were dope a year ago and you now look back on your shit and you're like, fuck, it was trash. Like I used to think like when I first started, like, oh man, like, yeah, I'm, I'm dope. But if I look back on that shit now, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I wasn't ready to tour then and I thought I was. So it's, yeah, a lot of it's like that. It's like, oh, I, feel yeah. like that's, I feel like that's almost like, it's almost like a consistent level up thing in the clubs. Like I remember when I thought I was ready to play, play a nightclub. <laughs> I went in, I was absolutely nowhere near ready. I, I, I remember going in and playing at Sin City on the Gold Coast yeah. and having a trial there. And I, I'll, like, I'll never forget this because <laughs> I went in, my BPM range of stuff that I had was 120 to 128. That's oh, all shit. I had. And yeah. this nightclub is open format, like yeah. R&B everything. And I remember I was playing the close set. I, luckily, they were playing 120 at the time or something. So I'm like, yeah, sweet ass, I'm on here. Blend jump in. in, jump in, playing. And I'll never forget this. Uh, one of the DJs was like, oh, hey, like, can you bring it down a bit? <laughs> this is so embarrassing. But what I did was oh, no. literally, <laughs> literally just pulled the BBM no, tempo down. No, 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 Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't have anything, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm like, and I just pretended like that's what he meant, which I didn't, I don't even know if I, like, I knew that that's what he wasn't meant. But now looking back, I'm like, that's obviously not what he meant. But I literally just pulled it down to like 110 or 100. And I'm like, oh, sweet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what songs would have been big when he first started. When, when was that? That would have been 2015. 2015. That was still the height of big room and stuff. Yeah. So that was that was when, and this is where I think my confusion was. That was when a lot of the nightclubs um, were playing hard EDM till close a lot of the nights. Yeah, I miss um, that. On like especially Friday Saturdays because then you wanted to keep the energy up as long as you could. Yeah. But but this was a Tuesday night, I think, or a Monday ladies night. Ladies' night, baby. It was, it was like a Brazilian <laughs> or a ladies' night or something. So it makes sense that you wouldn't play hard EDM till close. So I've gone in there, obviously, probably only going out Friday, Saturday nights. So yep. Yeah, this is what they play. Jumped in and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and and I'm, luckily for me, you know, I think they somewhat understood that I was just eager. I wasn't really ready. Um, like really respect them for that because then I, that's how I started getting into it because I, then I started becoming the light guy and was training yeah. up and then I learned very quickly doing lights and going in days that I wasn't even paid to go in to just do lights just to watch 
that mm. you know you need mu- music from 60 bpm all the way up to whatever bpm yeah like, you, you need a variety but you know i think it's, it's very much like what you were saying it's a, it was a level <laughs> up you look back the, all these little levels from like oh i think i'm good enough to make a mashup and then you look back a year and you're like oh that was not good and then no. like djing you look back it's very much yeah it, and it's also like on that note as well it's it's like i don't know maybe maybe I don't know, maybe a lot of artists don't see this, but a lot of the time I just get like, DJs will do the first mashup, they're stoked about it, and they're like, what do you think of this? And it's just like, yeah, like, cool, man. Like, it's like, I don't know, without sounding like a dick, it's just like, like, I I don't want to discourage anyone or anything like that, but it's like, you know, it's taken years and years of, like, consistency to come up with something. Like, I think if you're going to be reaching out to you know, like bigger artists for support or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you'd want to make sure you have more than like one thing. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to say that without sounding like a dick, but it's, it's kind of frustrating. Like, um, yeah. When someone's like, I don't know, just not, not there yet, but they're like, I think it's like how I, how I perceive that is if you're sending, if you want to send like a song or a mashup or whatever to a bigger DJ and go, Oh, I hope he plays this at Tomorrowland or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like there are exceptions, but if you're sending a mashup, it's like, okay, if you've done a mashup, unless it's some like hectic mashup with all these different songs and you know, you've done it, like you've almost recreated stuff. It's like, they could probably do that in 20 minutes. So why would they play your mashup when they could create the same thing? The difference then becomes is if you've done like an artificial remix or a bootleg that you spent hours on that would take them ages, maybe then they'll play that because it's like, they're not going to recreate that. Exactly. But if it's a mashup, it's like, why wouldn't they just redo it themselves? Yeah. And make it better. Like, yeah, and it, yeah, and like not to shit on anyone or anything, but it's just like, like if you are genuinely interested in this shit, like it's gonna take a lot of a lot of hard work, and like I think that's the worst thing is like I think some people get started with the intention that it's just gonna be like, oh man, I made this and like it's it's like good already, but then it's like if someone then shits on you and goes like, no, it's fucking average or something like that, then it's like. Yeah, if you take that to heart. So I think that's a conversation we've been having a lot lately. It's like you have to have thick skin. And if you don't, then you you got to be ready to get humbled, man. Because, yeah, we're finding that a little bit lately with some of the interactions and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, people aren't as thick skinned as us, I guess. And we can come across blunt. So that's why I kind of also like this podcast because I can really just vent my mind, honestly. And we're pretty unfiltered when we talk on this. So definitely. I mean, like that was definitely me. Like I got to, like I downloaded Ableton. I thought I was like after six months, I thought I was the future based king. And I'm like, (laughs) I was downloading templates, slightly editing them and thinking, oh yeah, hey, like I've just created this new thing. And like, I'd made it worse. And little did I know that like I'd made it worse. I thought I was sick. You know, I'm sending these out to people going like, check this. Yeah. And like, they were kind of responding, like they were either like, oh yeah, like the whole thumbs up, like this is like cool, bro, or yeah. whatever. Like, which you, like now I know that that just means like they just either didn't listen to it or, you know, <laughs> they just they just didn't want to be mean. Yeah. But like those, like you, you really have to like compare because I definitely didn't listen to my song and then listen to something else. Like I made like a future bass remix of some Martin Garrix thing. And listening back now, like, Okay, cool. Maybe there was some little elements in I here. I actually want to hear this now. Yeah, oh, it's horrendous. Maybe there's some <laughs> elements in here that like maybe were cool, and there were. Like I listen back, I'm like, oh, there was something in here that's actually really cool. But 99 percent of it is just trash. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> I and 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 I think the thing that that helped me, which I think hopefully will help a lot of people, is I realized that from listening back to it and going, hey, production is just not my thing. Yeah, like, that's not my thing. I love music and I love the industry, but like. 
I could spend five years doing this and I just still don't think it would even be my thing because like I, I'm not motivated by motivated by it. Yep. So I've pivoted and gone, hey, I like DJing yep. and I like the industry. So I want to DJ and then do the management side of it. And that's my passion. So Hell that's why yeah. I'm here. But it's like, I think that's the whole thing. It's like be persistent, but also be realistic at the same time. It's like if, if you've spent a lot of time producing and you're still not getting anywhere and your music's not up to scratch, it's like, okay, maybe st- take a step back yeah. Get legitimate advice from people and figure out, okay, is this something that's ever going to happen or do I need to pivot and figure out something else? Because like, I don't want to like crush people's dreams, but it's yeah. like you also, the last thing you want to do is spend your whole life trying to do something that would never happen. And for some yeah. people, it's just not going to happen. Like I feel for some people as well, like it, it's kind of like, this is like that thing we spoke about earlier, how you'll be quick to assess, whereas I'll be like, I'll stick on to something a little bit too long, probably or something like that. And I think in my scenario, it has worked out because at the start, I had zero clue producing, like absolutely nothing, no knowledge at all. And I think for any aspiring people right now is there's so much like advice on YouTube and so many production things and stuff like that. Like in, in this day and age, there's really no excuse to not be able to at least get something semi-decent. Like I remember when I started, there was only a couple of like YouTubers like giving out advice and stuff like Mm. that. But the biggest advice now I give to like all my students and, you know, friends and stuff like that is learn theory. Like that is the thing where, so I got to a point in my production career where it was like, okay, this is decent. I can release unofficial remixes and stuff like that. But for some reason it just doesn't make sense. And I see that even now with like a lot of guys that have been doing this, like, like as long as me, like a lot of them. And then like some of them, you know, you see these people come in and out of phases and then they'll be like, you know, this one's really good, but I don't understand why it doesn't work on the next one. It's just like, man, learn that theory. Like really it's fucking boring. And I have a really short attention span, but I know it's like that whole thing of like, you know, if you're going to run like, you know, run a marathon. It's like, I hate running, but it's just like the reward you get after it is so worth doing the motion. So it's like, yeah, learn that theory, get that shit dialed into you because, you know, watching 50,000 sound design tutorials is all well and good, but realistically you can get a preset that's just going to eliminate all them hours anyway. And whereas if you actually understand music composition and stuff like that, that's what's going to give you longevity. That's what's going to create a hit. Like it's not going to be from them hours spent there, but obviously learn it all, but just learn how to pivot and where to adapt and stuff like that. And yeah, be real with yourself there and and don't like, Hey, I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It's interesting that you like just figured it out quickly. Like it's, yeah, uh, I I think it was definitely a situation where, Hey, maybe I could have just kept going for as long, but I found myself like when I was learning that it wasn't really even fun. And yep. I was like, okay, if I'm not even enjoying learning this, how yeah. am I going to do this as a career? And I think that's <laughs> the, like, obviously learning isn't always going to be fun, but like I would figure something out and I wouldn't really get joy from it. And I feel like that's where you should be getting joy. It's like, yeah. oh, I learned how to do this now. It's sick. But I'd like, I wouldn't get, like, I got to a point where I'm like, yeah, I can make mashups and stuff. That's sweet. And like, that's all exciting, but. It just, yeah, it just never happened. Yeah, if it doesn't work out like that, like, yeah, it's quite interesting because, like, that's where I sort of would thrive is coming through that bit. It's like, yeah, you did them shitty hours working on that, but then from that you get this and it's like that's the reward in itself even if it's like, 
I don't know. Like I think when I was in full studio mode, just learning some of them little ins and outs and just bettering your mixing and mastering and stuff like that, that's a reward in itself. So if you don't find that as something that's like, oh, this is sick, then yeah, maybe you're barking up the wrong tree with that. Or, you know, some people just want to learn to the point of, you know, they can make edits for their shows and have something unique. And on that note, that's something that I'm working on at the moment, uh, which is about to launch should hopefully be at the start of next week will be the first episode of Deep Down Radio, which is going to be my weekly radio show, which I'll be showcasing all the newest music uh, that's pretty much releasing around the world. It's not really going to be specific to any particular genre. It's all going to be in the EDM realm of dance music and stuff like that. So on that note, also DJs uh, hit up my Instagram link and uh, the link in bio and that's where you'll be able to submit your music for yeah the opportunity for radio play and stuff like that and it's also going to be yeah uploaded on apple music uh yeah, podcast we'll do youtube we'll do um soundcloud um yeah apple Podcasts and that sort of thing as well yeah so like that's actually quite interesting because it was always something that i wondered about when I was sort of getting started is how do you get it on these platforms? Because I've started a podcast a couple of times and I think I've got like 20 episodes in and then just realized it was taking too much time and stuff like that. But something that always interests me was how do you get it on these bigger platforms? So this is something that you've been doing a lot of, like even for the backstage with Oso and stuff like that. Like where are you sort of like finding your sources? Like what would you, what, what's the process, I guess, to actually get these on these platforms? Yeah, so um, from what I've gathered so far, um, obviously it's a little bit different from a, uh, a talking podcast, which is what we're recording right now. So <laughs> for the podcast we're recording, I'm distributing it through a website called Anchor, which is, I believe, actually uh, established by Spotify. So what happens is, it um, every episode you up, upload, it creates like an RSS feed, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, so it automatically distributes um, to all the platforms that you have that RSS feed um, keyed into. So when we click one button to upload this, it'll go to you know Spotify, Apple, all, all those different platforms. For uh, DJ mixes, it's slightly different because obviously there's. Uh, all sorts of copyright. Yeah, see, this is something I know nothing about. So this is, I've just put you on the spot here completely. So Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, uh, because you're using other people's music, um, and for the most part, you won't have their, you know, permission Listen. to use that music. So it's a little, you've got to be a little bit more careful where you actually distribute it because you're technically infringing the copyright. So, um, I mean, 99% of the time, no one's going to say anything because it's like, yeah, you're playing their music, you're, Creating, you're, you're giving them more. Yeah, you're, you're essentially you're, you're supporting and showing your audience their music, which they might not have heard it before anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's platforms like SoundCloud, which kind of turned a bit of a blind eye to it from 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 the as long as you yeah. don't put like maybe a Kanye song oh in there. God, yeah. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on so some songs will get flagged, but you know there, there are similar to Anchor. There there are different um, platforms that will help distribute to uh, different mix friendly. Um, platforms like you know Mixcloud and that sort of thing, but for the most part, uh, at at the early stages, I think I'll just individually upload it to each platform because it's not really does it's not that difficult. You know, you create the one bio for it, and then it's just about uploading the mix, putting the and putting the bio into each different platform. So you know, obviously SoundCloud, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and that sort of thing like that. But um, yep, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more difficult with with mixes. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Um, that's a. Good challenge that yeah. I'm stoked you're taking the management role yeah. on. So, 
But yeah, for any independent artists out there as well, like it's it's going to be accessible. There's going to be you know things on Google, things on YouTube. Good tactic, actually. Why are you talking about that? Yep. Uh, how I found out my information is look for um, look for other uh, DJs or producers that are doing podcasts that. Um, aren't like massive yet so you know your intermediate DJs producers because they probably don't have all the copyright permissions so they're probably (laughs) you know doing the similar thing to what you'd be doing and then look at just Google search that podcast by its name and look at all the platforms that it's on and then you can you can either figure out how to upload individually to those platforms or figure out a system to upload through an RSS feed to all of them at the same time so yeah that's the best strategy which is what I've been using yeah, that'll be the ultimate. Hopefully uh, next week, once we have this up and running, we'll have, yeah, a little bit more info on that and hopefully we'll find something that, yeah, does it. But if not for right now... A little bit more time. Yeah, a little, little bit right. more time, but like most things we're doing. Yeah. So, um, and I guess like the whole point of doing this right now is like I'm a DJ before I'm a producer and like for me, this, this lockdown thing, like I guess to the general public, they don't really see the... How it's affecting the entertainment industry, like obviously all the homies in in this are going to understand how it's affecting it. But for those who don't quite understand what's happening, it's like every time we do a snap lockdown or something like that, everyone's like, oh, it's only like five days. It's only a week or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you're correct in that. But it's within Australia where we are right now, we're both situated here, Gold Coast, Queensland. And Queensland's current thing is every time after a lockdown, it's a two-week um, what would you call it? It's like, like a cooling off period almost. Yeah, like, like a cooling off period of like, yeah, quarter capacity at all the events. No dancing, masks. No dancing, masks. So like for a resident DJ, you might be not getting affected as much. But as a, as a touring artist, like right now, it's like venues can't afford to, to spend the, you know, the higher rates to actually get in an artist when they're, work, when they're operating at quarter capacity and there's no dancing. So realistically with no dancing and quarter capacity it doesn't matter if you put fucking spotify on in the background so how are they going to justify paying these higher rates and this is what's super frustrating for me as an artist right now is you know we we're banking on the deep down tour and i think there was eight shows in that tour yeah, I think it's got eight. and that was going to be my income for the next you know probably that was going to space out three to four months of yeah, income months, yeah. so <laughs> when essentially 50% of that is cancelled. So, like, someone might see this snap lockdown as, oh, hey, I didn't get five days of work. I'm like, hey, I didn't get two months of income. Like, yeah. it's kind of fucked up. Like, it's lucky that we di- diversify as individuals in what we do and we have the OSO management project and stuff like that where we're still creating a little bit of income for ourselves, but it is super frustrating on an artist front. And I don't want to get political on this podcast, but... It is super frustrating, but that's also just another one of things where it's like, okay, where can we pivot as an artist right now? We're not playing shows, so what can we do? And it's just like, I still want people to hear like dope tunes and stuff like that that usually I'd be putting the time into for my shows. So it's like, all right, cool. Let's put it on a platform that anyone can access and yeah, let's go like that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Deep Down Radio with myself, J-Dub. So, keen as. Keen. Sick, man. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it pretty much. Was there anything else we wanted to cover on this? I think that wraps up episode 10 quite yeah. nicely. But, yeah, we've got definitely got lots of talking points for next episode. I'm not sure if we'll have a guest. We'll, 
we're kind of keeping it casual at the moment and just seeing what works. But yeah, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about next episode. Yeah, definitely. This one was kind of like, yeah, just taking the training wheels off the bike and just uh, kind of <laughs> pedaling down the hill. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, man. We are just trying to see where this one went. But um, yeah, so to, we got to cover a lot of that. And I think no doubt like everything we do will hit some obstacles over the next couple of weeks and um, yeah, just kind of go through that and what we're doing to, um, yeah, amend things, fix things, create things, do things. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Keeping it real, man. So yeah. So until next time, that's Backstage with the Oso signing out. Episode 10. We'll catch you on the next one.